Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Paladins of Voltron, an unofficial podcast about the Netflix original series Voltron Legendary Defender. I'm Jason, and joining me is Jeremy. Jeremy, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm good. So, yeah, this is our first episode of, well, <clears throat> this is two people who really enjoy a fantastic show getting together and wanting to talk about the show. Um, yeah, so I guess this was really your idea. You came to me with it. So what was your uh, thinking behind the whole thing? I just wanted to do, to do another podcast and um, wanted to talk about Voltron. And I figured if I got someone else on there, that might actually give me the the motivation <laughs> to stick with it. Really, it's just your plot to make sure that more podcasting happens for you, right? Yes. You, you can never have too much podcast. No, no. I absolutely agree with that 100%. So... Yeah, so obviously this is a show on Netflix, which means that all the episodes come out pretty much at the same time. Now, that means you can do this podcast a couple ways. Um, if you're like me and Jeremy, you've already watched every episode a couple times. <laughs> um, now, obviously, we're doing that for the show. But the nice thing about this is uh, we're going to basically do an episode a week, each episode covering one of the one of the episodes of Ultron. So we're going to have 13 well, there's going to be 13 shows about episodes, and then what we're probably going to end up doing is maybe every, maybe like every four episodes or so, if we have some feedback we can go through, if there's any, it'd be great if there be, if there's like some big Voltron news or something like that that we can talk yeah. about, you know, we'll do a special. there's news about a season three. <laughs> that has to happen soon. I have not heard anyone who did not love yeah. this season so far, so... So yeah, that's that's tentatively our release schedule, and then maybe if um if we see the desire for it, we could go back and maybe look at epi- or, uh, season one. Um, our thoughts on season one are out there if you want to find them, and we can always point you that way too. But I think doing an individual dissection of each episode of uh, season one would be great too. So especially after we've seen season two, yeah, there's going back so and- much in there from season one that you didn't realize until like the like Keith's knife. That'll mm-hmm. come into yeah, uh, Keith's knife. Um, I'm blanking on a couple of things here, but yeah, just a couple of things during this watching the second season where I was like, oh, that came into play. That's cool. So yeah, just things like that. So whether you've already binged the whole show or maybe you can only watch a couple episodes every once in a while, come listen to us. Um, if you've already watched it, great. You can reminisce about it or i know sometimes if i listen to a podcast about a show i've already seen recently i'll go back and rewatch the show just because i get excited about it. so feel free to do that too and yeah this is a show for bingers and non-bingers um and i think that's pretty much uh anything anything you care to add to that little dissertation no i think that's it um and you know it's all safe and warm here <laughs> yes safe and warm now, that may not happen in the first episode, but that will be coming up soon. So, obviously, first episode of our show, we're going to be discussing the first episode of uh, Season 2 of Voltron. So, I'm going to go ahead and give a little recap here, and then we're going to give our thoughts on the episode. All right, so Season 2, Episode 1 is called Across the Universe. It was written by Mei Chan and directed by Stephen In chang An. I hope I said that right, Stephen. Sorry if I didn't. All right, so... Season 2 opens with a recap of the final scene of Season 1, where the five paladins, Shiro, Keith, Lance, Pidge, and Hunk, as well as Alora and Karan, are attempting to escape from Emperor Zarkon aboard the Castle of Lions. 
Alora opens a wormhole at Hunk's behest, but just as the ship is about to exit the portal, Zarkon's advisor, the witch Hagar, uses her magic to corrupt the wormhole. The wormhole begins breaking down and prevents Alora from controlling the ship's trajectory, and in the resulting turbulence, the, all five lines are thrown from the ship. The black line and red lines, piloted by Shiro and Keith, exit the wormhole together, as do the blue and yellow lines piloted by Lance and Hunk. Uh, the green line exit the wormhole alone with Pigeon's side, leaving Alora and Karan on the ship to travel through the temporal rift alone that was created by Hagar's magic. Somewhere in the galaxy, Shiro and Keith and their lions fall to the surface of a planet. Both lions aren't responding due to the effects of the wormhole, so Keith begins looking for Shiro on foot. Elsewhere in space, the green lion emerges from a wormhole and enters a trash nebula. Her lion not responding, like the rest of them, Pidge decides to stay put and wait to be found. She quickly realizes just how boring waiting can be. Back inside the wormhole, Koran and Laura are trying to find a way out of the temporal rift as they come closer and closer to hitting a void at the end of the wormhole. With no control over the castle, they hit the void only to find time begins repeating itself. Alora quickly notices some things are different, however, namely that the mice are no longer mice, and Koran is de-aging. Each time they enter the rift, Koran gets younger, and the mice become less mice-like. Unaffected by the void, Alora tries to find a way to exit the rift. Elsewhere, Shiro awakes to find that his line isn't responding, and that the wound he received in his battle with Hagar is worsening. Keith contacts Shiro and tries to get uh, a fix on his location. But Shiro tells him to hurry when he notices very large and very unfriendly creatures in the area. In the Trash Nebula, Pidge makes friends with a bunch of floating creatures that look to be a mix of Zoom Zooms and Tribbles. Happy to have some friends, Pidge hopes to see her fellow paladins sooner than later. In the castle, Alora realizes that if she can find one of the lion's signals, the castle will automatically leave the wormhole and go to the lion. However, she is unable to find any lion's signals, and they continue through the void. On the planet's surface, Shiro is found by the creatures and scrambles to find a place to hide, settling on a small cave that the creatures can't get into for now. As Keith closes in on Shiro, the creatures are able to dig Shiro out and chase him as he runs away. Surrounded, Shiro puts up a fight while Keith tries to convince the Black Lion to let him pilot him to save Shiro. Just as Shiro is about to be attacked, the Black Lion arrives, piloted by Keith, and they make quick work of the creatures. Back on the nebula, Pidge's line finally awakens, and she decides to use the trash to build the beacon to contact the rest of her team. She is unable to find enough power for the beacon. However, her cries prompt her lion to roar back to life with power, in which allows the beacon to shoot its signal deep into space. On the castle of lions, Alora fears she is about to lose Koran for good, as he is now a newborn, and one last trip through the void will no doubt DH him to back before he was even alive. However, at the last minute... The castle picks up the signal from Pidge's beacon, and Alora is finally able to lock onto coordinates to allow her to exit the Temple Rift. With Koran and the mice restored to their regular selves, Alora sends Pidge to find the black and red lion, just as Shiro is telling Keith that if anything were to ever happen to him, Keith should lead Voltron. We end the episode back on Zarkon's ship. Lieutenant Face is placed in charge of finding out who disabled the energy shield that allowed Voltron to leave the previous battle with Zarkon. Little is Zarkon known that it was, in fact, Thace who dropped the shield. And that is a recap of episode one. Good start to the season, right? Yeah. I really like that they just picked up right up where season one ended. Yeah, this was the best use of, hey, let's reuse that last couple seconds of footage we have. Yeah. And just go right into it. Um, yeah, because we saw them entering entering the the... Well, what was supposed to be a wormhole, but then became the temporal rift, and then the lions being shot out in space, and the lore saying, "Oh no, the lions are gone," 
and then yeah basically from there we go right to seeing that um keith and shiro found themselves on a planet while Paige is alone and i i pretty much had the sense we were going to see the next the other two lines in the next episode was which is what happened um i think pairing up keith and uh shiro was really good especially since they're really going out of their way to try to make you feel like maybe shiro isn't always going to be around yeah i know and you know from the very first season when you saw keith was in the red lion you're like wait he should be in the black lion so i think this is a good tease with him actually getting to pilot the black lion for a few minutes yeah, I thought that was a really it definitely seems like they're foreshadowing that. Yeah. Um and yeah, we didn't actually see Keith get in the black line or anything, but it seems pretty clear that the line was very willing to accept him. Um Yeah, I guess I we like don't, how the lions are kind of sentient. Yeah, if they don't want to do something, they're not gonna do it. Right. And I guess we should be careful not to really spoil stuff that happens later on. Yeah. Um but yeah, I guess it's pretty well established in this episode, and I think we might see a little later on too. Uh, Keith has very strong connections uh, with his line, and apparently, at least this sets the stage for knowing that you can pilot other lions. Whether well, we that's, already knew that because Zarkon was the original Black Lion pilot. Right. Sure, well, all the all the lions had pilots. Right. Um, my point was more like, can you go from if you pilot the oh. yellow, can you can you go to the green? Because you know. Uh, season one, Allura kind of picks the people based on their personalities to fit the lions. So it, it's I, amazing. I would think it's more, the, it'll probably take a certain personality that can pilot multiple lions. Right. Yeah. I think Keith just has a, I think Keith's personality is just overwhelming. So the lions yeah. are like, yeah, no, no, sure. Cool. What, whatever. We'll do it. <laughs> um, This show might have the best mix of comedy to action to suspense that I, that I've seen in a long time. Um, Karan's de-aging and his issues that he faces, um, given what, I guess you could say, age he's at, um, when he's anime Karan. Yeah. Absolutely love that, especially since I just started watching anime my, a couple animes myself recently. I was like, oh, yeah, they're doing the tropes well on this one. Um, teenage yeah. Karan, because you can't understand him. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. And, it was something that I thought if they stuck with it too long, it would get old, but they cut it off just at the right time. And then the next time you come back to it, he's already de-aged like the equivalent amount of times. Yeah. So I thought they, they used just the right amount of that. And then he kept his mustache the entire time. <laughs> yep. Even as a baby. And Alora even says, if we go through this again, all you're going to be is a mustache. <laughs> as she said, um, I also thought it was hilarious that the finding out what the mice turned into each time. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time it's like, oh, okay, their ears are a little bigger. They look a little weirder. And then they were just like these hulking, slobbering monsters. Yeah. It's, I don't know who writes this stuff, but this is just genius. Um, and then they were like floating orbs at some point. <laughs> I know there's a Pokemon that, that that might resemble too, but that was. Well, there was in the season one, the episode where Pidge found her lion, there was characters there that looked like Pokemon on that planet. Uh, uh, yeah, they definitely, um, definitely ate some Pikachus on that one. I remember thinking that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the dynamic between Shiro and Keith, I like uh, Keith using 
Shiro's advice, basically, of, mm. you know, be patient, take your time. Um, real cre- focus. Yeah. Um, using, you know, using the fact that the planet actually basically is a geyser waiting to erupt with every step, using that to his advantage. Um, and just obviously the, the cool part of him being able to pilot the black line. I honestly kind of wondered whether Shiro was going to make it out because mm-hmm. they easily could have gone with, okay, Keith has to do, has to lead, has to fly the black line because Shiro's no longer around. I'm glad we're keeping Shiro because I think Shiro's a great character. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, it, it, there's if, if it was if they're going to get rid of a character, it's, it's going to be Shiro. So that'll be interesting to see whether or not they decide to do that or not. Um, Pidge alone is fantastic, um, especially when she's like, "I have me time now," and then she she actually literally looks at the camera and is like, uh, "This is not good." <laughs> yeah, it's like it's all she's ever wanted, you know, being around all these people just to get some me time, and then she has it, and she's like. I kind of miss the chaos that surrounds me. Yep. So much so that she actually creates basically avatars for That was awesome. Yeah. Um yeah, she does all, all the remaining four pal- paladins. She does Alora and then she does Karan, which is basically her getting behind a thing to have like a little mustache out and like eyes and just says what funny words. <laughs> yeah. Um <sighs> Yeah, and Pidge's, and it looked like she was going to have to deal with some pretty bad characters. And then they literally just came out and they were floating zoom zooms. Yeah, that- I, I was waiting for them to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact that, you know, she is not being portrayed as someone that's helpless. She can, you know, she sees, okay, well, I, I'm going to need to do this myself. And, she sees that, you know, in her surroundings, I have all the space junk. I can, you know, whip together something to, to try to send the signal out. Yeah. And we get a, we also get a look at Pidge's connection to her lion too, because she tries to send the signal out the satellite, it, the, the, the dish lights up, gets power and then immediately powers down and she becomes frustrated. And the green line senses that and roars. And next thing you know, the dish is coursing with power. So, we're seeing pretty much that every paladin has a deeper connection with their, mm-hmm. at least the ones we've seen so far this season. Um, don't know. We've seen much. I, we might later on see some more with like Hunk and Lance, but the, the three we're talking about now are just very much connected with. However, you know, <clears throat> the balance of how sentient the lions are versus what they can do by themselves versus what they need, a you know, their paladins to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I like that we're kind of learning this. I also like that if this were a longer, if this were a show that was like 22 episodes a season, uh, this episode would have been a two, maybe three parter. Um, I mean, eventually we do see what happens to the other lines, but I think both of those stories would have been taken up by like two or three episodes. I'm glad it was just one and done condensed and they're back on the castle. So, well, I mean, yeah, in some ways I feel like this, is just one season. And actually I was looking on my older Roku the other night and we actually had it listed as season two, episode one and also episode 13. Really? Or actually, wait, I think that was the next episode was 13, but it had both. So that's interesting. I think they had planned for a longer season and Netflix made them break it up. 
Yeah, I'd seen on Twitter, it was Chris McFeely, which if anyone's familiar with the uh, Transformers fandom, you know who Chris McFeely is. He said he very much felt it was a, uh, I'm going to try not to shake my camera so much. Uh, he said it very much felt like it was a, a one season broken up. I was actually going to ask you about that because I, I wasn't looking at that, but I can see why that's kind of why it was. You could think that. I mean, they ended last season on a perfect cliffhanger. So whether or not that was just them cutting uh, cutting it up or what they decided to do, I I can definitely see the feel of how, you know, this is one big story so far. I I can see that they probably had where they wanted to get and planned for it to be a regular, you know, 22, 26 episode season. And then Netflix is like, we want you to do shorter seasons. So they're like, okay, we can make this work. And then, you know, that's when they actually get into the details of the episodes. Yeah. I'm Netflix is really good about this. Like yeah. they know what to do with their originals. Um, <clears throat> actually just this week, I think they re- released new subscriber numbers and they're up like 5 million subscribers when they thought they were only going to be up like 3 million. Well, yeah, so Netflix- they're losing all this, um, all these movies and stuff. And they're just putting all this money into original content and it's paying off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's paying off in spades, really. So, you know, kudos to Netflix. I'm glad they're they're doing the stuff and taking chances on good stuff like this and taking creators who are great storytellers and giving us, you know, um, you know, there's times where the animation. I mean, it's basically it, it's 2D animation with a little bit of 3D animation. I really like. Uh, actually, I don't think it happened all this episode, so I won't say anything. But I mean, sometimes you see different like art styles on the show, and I like when they mm-hmm. incorporate those different things. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I, <laughs> at the risk of being too uh, uh, gushing on it, it, everything that they're doing so far just really works. Um, so, yeah, and then of course at the end, and I remember because, like I said, you and I. We've we've done a show before talking about the first season, and I was really confused as to why this this member of Zarkon's empire just let Voltron escape. Um, well, we see that person <laughs> at the end of the episode, and you know he's he's a, a obviously a, a higher up. He's one of his lieutenants, and Zarkon decides to take one of his commanders because he thinks maybe he was involved with it, and gives him the Hagar basically to find out what he knows. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure that comes back into play later in the season. Um, but so yeah, we have this, we have this uh, Lieutenant face who's now commander face. So we have the man who did the bad thing, trying to find the person who did the bad thing. So as soon as that happened, I could already tell that was going to be a cool part of the story. And yeah, you know, something we'll talk about later and stuff. So any part of the episode I missed or anything else you'd like to discuss? You know, I think I was like, probably three quarters through the episode before I realized there was no hunk and Lance. <laughs> I, I thought this, this episode was paced very well. And at that point you, you kind of see what they're doing. So you're like, okay, next episode is going to catch us up with them. So I don't know. I just, I, I agree. I really enjoyed this first episode and, um, you know, it was just the right way to, to kick it back off. Yeah. And I'm actually going to go on, off of what you just said, because as I was writing the summary for this episode, like the first scene, I was able to do a full paragraph on the second scene, you know, going back and forth between the castle, between um, um, Shiro and Keith and Pidge. And then as the episode went on, the segments got a little shorter. So I'd combine some segments as I was doing my recap and stuff. So, yeah, this was a perfectly paced episode because it was you had these 
you know, the scenes were longer towards the beginning and they really condensed towards the end and it worked really well. So it's in between the different action stuff. So yeah, big kudos to whoever planned out the episode and really guided it. I'm, although I think we can give most of the, that credit to probably the director, um, Stephen Chang on. So, and of course the writing by Mei Chan was, well, and the showrunners, um, I can not pronounce his name. Um, yeah. Yoquin Dos Santos and Lauren Montgomery. Well, I'm definitely not going to be able to help much because I'm terrible. <laughs> but yeah, these are they're, they're they're pretty much the brain trust behind the whole thing, and they they know how to pace series. If you look at their previous stuff with the the Korra series, you know they they have got this this whole thing down. Yeah, and I've never seen like uh, or Last Airbender or Legend of yeah. Korra, but I know that the people who love those shows also love Voltron. So this is definitely, uh, you know, a pair of people who are really good at r- telling stories, especially of like a, you know, a cartoon nature. So that works well, of course, especially for what we've, we've gotten so far and what I'm sure we're going to get later. So, um, yeah. Anything else you want to add to the uh, episode? No, I think that's it. Okay. Well, like I said, this is the first episode of Paladins of Ultron, which you will also hear us refer to as the POV podcast. Uh, we can credit Jeremy for that name. Uh, as soon as I heard it, I thought it was great because, first of all, Paladins of Ultron is cool. And second of all, the fact we can shorten it and say POV and not have to say Paladins of Ultron is even cooler. It's our point of view. Yes. <laughs> so double meaning works perfectly. This man knows what he's doing. It's good we're making him podcast more. I, I get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, we've done all the things that people normally do. We have a Twitter, uh, which is POV underscore podcast. Um, to the person who has POV podcast, you're not using it. Darn you. Um, we are on Instagram as POV underscore podcast. And we are on Facebook. What did the Facebook end up having to be? Facebook is POV podcast with no underscore. Right. And Twitter has it. Yep. Um, we do have a website as well, which is povpodcast.com. Uh, at least by the time we have this episode out, we'll have a website up and running. Um, you know, we're working on stuff for getting it there. You can always get a hold of us by emailing us at feedback at povpodcast.com. And of course, as I'm talking about our Twitter, I just get a notification that someone's following us on Twitter. That would be me. Thank you, transmissions. You <laughs> might know who those are, who they are. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, that's who I happen to be logged into when I was looking up the Twitter account. <laughs> well, that worked out perfectly. <laughs> My uh, co-host on Povixy did the same thing, which I guess we should mention. Uh, we do have other shows. We, shows we do. Um, Jeremy is on the Transmissions podcast, which is a fantastic Transformers podcast. Um, and I am on Povixy with my my good friend David. We kind of talk about pop culture stuff. Right now, we talk mostly about Gotham and Agents of Shield. But when those shows are eventually canceled for the ratings, I don't know what we're going to do. So we got to f- try to figure something else. But always talk about Flash. Mm, no, definitely not going to talk about Flash. Nope. <laughs> for those who don't know me, I'm not a fan of the Flash. I, I can go on for hours about that, but we don't need to do that. I'm sure there will be other shows. Yeah. And don't ask me about Rogue One. You don't want to know about Rogue One. <laughs> so I think I covered everything. And we're being, we're kind of sharing our. Jeremy's, of course, a member of the Transmissions Podcast Network, and I am a member of the soon-to-be-named network. Uh, so, we, you know, feel free to check out any other shows on those networks. Jeremy has the Yakko Yaks podcast when he, you know, decides to pull Occasionally. It Occasionally. <laughs> I think I think for a while, this uh, this will be his new Yakko Yaks. I'm going to force him this, to... 
Yeah, it's like I said, I need someone to help kick me in the butt to make me actually do stuff. Well, I'm definitely kicking you in the butt to make sure this one gets done. So you don't have to worry about that. So, yeah, um, like I said, if we get some feedback, you know, we'll go ahead and do a special episode on that. Basically, what we're doing is we're doing a couple episodes at a time because the show's out there. They're all out there. So if you, you know, you write us an awesome letter and you don't hear anything on the next episode, that's just because we're, you know, we're kind of bulk doing episodes. But we will do a feedback episode as long as we, you know, get some feedback, which I don't think that'll be a problem. I think of a few people who listen to both of us who can be very vocal about stuff, which is great. So, all right. What do you think? Do you think we covered it all? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Just remember, subscribe. Uh, We'll be in iTunes, Google Play, all the normal places. Uh, Give us reviews in all those places. Since this will be on YouTube, like and subscribe. Right. And all this stuff. Remember, you can no longer give anything other than five-star ratings on iTunes. It's it's a new thing. iTunes doesn't allow anything less than five stars now. I mean, you can try to click on less than five stars, but it it won't work. I promise. (laughs) You can trust me. Look at this. This is the face of someone you can trust. (laughs) Said no one ever. So yes, uh, subscribe. And that way you'll always know when a new episode comes out. And yes, show us some love. Um, Tell a friend. Telling a friend is so important if you like what you're hearing. Um, The more ears we get into, the more that we can share the uh, love of Ultron. Since I'm already trying to shove it down some people's throat because the show's so good, everyone should watch it. So, okay. I think we're good. Yep, and we have no outro set up. So So this has been... (laughs) This has been the Pound of Ultron. Tune in next week when we run around in uh, super fast motion. In old time police outfits. (laughs) (laughs) Well, lines chase us because it's Voltron. Okay, goodbye.